All right. Hello. Well, hello and welcome to Restless Spirits. This we is, jumped right in like we, a, like a real podcast this time. Yeah, we did. Go yeah. us. Yeah. Oh my god. Normally it's just sort of us chit chatting about not, nothing and then like forgetting that we're on a podcast. Yeah. So I don't know which is better. Ooh. I kind of prefer the nonsense and then forgetting. I like it. the nonsense too. Yeah. Should we have some nonsense now? Sure. Let's have nonsense. I don't know. I don't know. I, you can't plan nonsense. No. Is your cheesecake good? It's delicious. He has cheesecake. I do have cheesecake. I have cheesecake too, but I set it aside to record. I'm not professional enough for that. <laughs> it's true. It's really good cheesecake. Thanks, it, Beth. It is really good cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Beth. Mm-hmm. Beth listens. Yes. Yes, she does. Well, so thank you, Beth. Yeah, shout out to Beth. Uh, and thank you for listening. Yeah, that too. We love you. Then mm. <laughs> then I was drinking water, so I couldn't even be like, yeah, it's just Taylor that loves you. As it's just Taylor. It. Taylor's the only nice one. So I'm Taylor. Yeah, I'm Vin. And this is Restless Spirits. Mm. And how's your week been? Cheesecakey. Cheesecakey. Well, a lot of food, probably. Yeah. Um, we just finished Thanksgiving, sort of. I mean, like... Last week. Last week. Yeah. But pe- some people are still eating leftovers. I've still got a few. But mine was on Saturday, so... Oh, so you Yeah. Cool. Mine was on Thursday. Uh, the big thing I wanted to say that happened to me this week is that I went to see Hamilton. <laughs> oh, yes. That's right. And it was the most amazing thing that I've ever experienced in my entire <laughs> life. And I've loved it for like, cause I, it what, came out in like 2015, 2016. Yeah, yeah, right in there. And I bought the soundtrack. Well, I listened to it on Spotify. And then I was like, oh my God, I love <laughs> this. And so I've loved it for years. Right. And now I got to see it on stage well, here congr- in Richmond. Congratulations. And it was, I cried. Well, good. Yeah. And I loved it. Good. And also, we're not there yet. We're not saying what we're doing, but we were doing, I was doing a lot of research this week. And George Washington came up a bunch in my research. Right. And I was like, oh, my God. All the Hamilton songs started, like, playing in my head. So when you start singing halfway through your bit. I mean, it's nothing new. Hmm. Um, yeah. So Thanksgiving. Anything else that we want to talk about? No. <laughs> no, just dive right into what we're doing this week. I thought we just said nothing else we're going to talk about at all. Like, oh, goodbye, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for listening. That's yeah. it for this week. <laughs> Subscribe to this. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I did a hand gesture. Yes. <laughs> like, it's probably good. None of you could see. Yeah, yeah. Let's not do that. <laughs> what are we doing this week, Ben? We are going to visit the city of Fredericksburg. <gasps> My old stomping grounds. That's right. Because I went to the University of Mary Washington. Which is, and this is Fredericksburg, Virginia. Because there's more than one. Sorry, yes. Fredericksburg, Virginia. Yeah. We're not quite ready to leave Virginia yet. I think we have a couple more Virginia. Yes, we do. Episodes to go. So, sorry guys. We're from Virginia and we love it here. I love it here. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not not too bad. Yeah. I know some of this history, but I'm going to let you tell it. Okay, sounds good. So, Fredericksburg was established by an act of the Virginia General Assembly in 1728. It was named for Frederick, who was the Prince of Wales at the time. He was the eldest son of King George II, and he was the father of King George III. Fredericksburg at the time was an epicenter of the tobacco export economy. 
So, you know, it runs right along, or the city is right along the Rappahannock River. Yep. And so it was a port town. Several founding fathers did kind of wander in and out of Fredericksburg. Quite a few. Yeah. Folks like George Washington and James Monroe and whoever else Taylor's going to tell me about here in a second. Well, I was going to say George uh, George Washington did more than just like frequent it. He grew up there. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. He grew yeah. up right outside. Or what? I mm. mean... Uh, it's one of those things where if you define where the town actually is at that point. Yeah. Anyway, he was around. He was around. His mom was around. Right. They named a whole college after her. They did. They did. I went to that college, so. <laughs> um, I went there. Maybe. I'm going to be Lindsay in this episode with William and Mary. I'm oh, going to do it with Mary Washington. Hmm? <laughs> All right, you can keep going. <laughs> you don't need. You don't have a nearly as pretentious a um an, a motto. What the alma mater no. of our nation? Yeah, we're not, not the, be applied here. We're not the alma mater of a nation. No. So after the Revolutionary War, going back to Fredericksburg, the economy began to shift from you know pure agrarian to you know tobacco economy. To a more mixed landscape, more industrial stuff started kicking off there. Um, raw materials like wheat were shipped up the Rappahannock to flour mills in Fredericksburg. And then the, the finished product was shipped up to Baltimore, Philadelphia, New York. So problem was the railroad, it bypassed the city entirely when it was first put in. From Richmond to D.C., went right around Fredericksburg. Then they had to put a stop in. Kind of rude. It is kind of rude. Yeah. Don't forget about Fred Vegas. Fred Vegas? That's what we called it in school. Oh, dear. Yeah. Lots of free time? No. So here's the thing is that, like, there are parts of Fredericksburg that are, like, very, um, it's, an, it's, it's, it's college town. So yes. there are, like, parts where the college students tend to frequent, which tend to be a little bit more, like, cosmopolitan's not the word I'm looking for. Right. But, um, and then there are more, like, rural parts to the city. And so... <laughs> It wasn't the nicest um, moniker for the town, um, but we typically used it to describe parts of the campus or parts of the city that weren't part of campus. Gotcha. So like Fred Vegas was kind of like um, Hmm. a joke because there's not a whole lot to do. Right. Understood. Yeah. Well, Fredericksburg in the Civil War time. There was nothing to do. Nothing to do. Except battle. Exactly. From December 18... 18. Good grief. Oh, Lord. No. From December 11th through 13th, 1862... Yes. That was the Battle of Fredericksburg. Mm Mm-hmm. Resulted in over 12,000 Union casualties and 4,000 Confederates. That's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of death in and of itself, of, like, both sides. But the Union took quite a hit. Yeah, yeah. Didn't, Mm -hmm. Didn't quite go their way. So there are still tons of Civil War sites and memorials all around the area, around the city. I was before we started recording. I was reading something about um, Stonewall Jackson and the shrine to his arm, his and, arm, and the yeah, shrine yeah, yeah. to the rest of him. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It's real silly. It's funny because like there are two ways to get to Fredericksburg from Richmond. You can do the I ninety five route, mm. or you can do the Route One. Right, the scenic route. Yeah. And if you do the Route 1 route, uh, you you pass by the shrine to Stonewall Jackson. And every time you're like, I know that, like, I'm still in the South. Right. Yeah. It's, it is what it is. 
it yep. is. Yep. So reconstruction for the city was rough. Obviously, when the plantation economy goes away, even though they had shifted to sort of a, a shipping, a port economy, it was rough. But the railroad did arrive eventually in 1872, so that helped boost it back up again. Segregation, of course, was high in this time, forcing African Americans to neighborhoods that are often on the edge of the city. Doesn't do them, doesn't help out at all. In 1908, the State Normal and Industrial School for Women was founded. I hate that that used to be the name. <laughs> I don't know. I want to see that on a diploma. I physically the State Normal and Industrial School with that, which was later renamed Mary Washington College. And then I added another little little blurb here yeah. because you didn't finish the like full evolution right um it's now the university of mary washington yeah the, the website i took all this off of didn't actually mention the switch it so happened, i didn't have a year for it it happened i think uh relatively recently like okay. i don't know early night like 90s maybe okay it changed over um but i just Put that in there because that's where I went to school. Right. And I was like, oh, excuse me, but it's the <laughs> university. It is. But it it, is. actually, if you go to Mary Washington, it's it's a beautiful campus. I highly recommend mm-hmm. going to visit. I'm not, that doesn't come from like a biased place. Like it's right. a, it's objectively a gorgeous um, campus, but. This is when you pitch for alumni dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I still dodge calls <laughs> from oh, my oh, yeah. alumni office. Oh, absolutely. Um, but uh, what was I saying? So if you go to the school, there are these huge brick gates at the front of the school, and they actually still say Mary Washington College on them. Nice. As you, like, drive in, and then there's a huge bell tower, and it's, I mean, it's just gorgeous. Right. Lots of brick, lots of white columns, lots of green spaces. It was, I was really fortunate to have all of, like, there were a couple of times I would, like, walk to class, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm, like, in a movie. Because, like... <laughs> It's just so beautiful. And, like, I would have music playing on my headphones. And I'd be like, oh, my God. I'm, like, the star of a romantic comedy. <laughs> I'm going to find my true love. If, if it was a romantic comedy, it would still be called, or at least still have on the gates, the school for normal and industrial it would. women. It would. Ac- accurate. Yeah. I love the word normal in that name. Like, it's not a weird school. Weird industrial school. It's perfectly normal. We're the normal ones. Yeah. 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 The wackadoodle one is down the street. Okay. Oh, goodness. I broke a thing. iPad down. iPad down. Help. Where do, where do we go? Hmm? Oh, we're in the right place. Send, send a new iPad? There's got to <laughs> yeah, be some... Um, we need a new iPad and a new, uh, I don't know, mic and a new... Uh, we need a lot of potentially new co- Potentially new hosts. Oh, yeah. Probably. <laughs> no. You love us. <laughs> the Great Depression... Moving right from new hosts to the Great Depression. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Again, damage the city's economy. But a New Deal program called the Civilian Conservation Corps helped. Uh, was it, that part of that New Deal? It was part of that New Deal. It was. The CCC. Oh, so it helped make the Fredericksburg and Spotsylvania military, National Military Park accessible to visitors. So a lot of those Civil War markers and parks that you see were put in place by the Civilian Conservation Corps. So after World War II, the city boomed again, particularly when I-95 was... Oh, def- hey, yeah. I talked about that. Yeah? Oh. Mm. Well, I said that was one of the ways that you yeah. could... I don't talk about it in my bit. Right. I just was saying that when I said there are two ways you can get right. to Fredericksburg. So when I-95 crosses the Rappahannock, 
and just just upstream of Fredericksburg. And now Fredericksburg is booming and is going to be swallowed by the ever-growing maw of Northern Virginia. I just hope it doesn't... I, like, the downtown area of Fredericksburg is so very dear to me because it's 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 just an integral part of going to Mary Wash of going to Mary Wash like right. it's so easy to walk down there and it's so cute and there right. are like so many things that are just um there are so many great local restaurants and local coffee houses and really cool consignment shops and the train station is down there and it's a really cool train station and all of it's walkable from campus, and I just don't want that to change. Like, that's such a part of my college experience. And it's part right. of why I chose to go to Mary Washington, is that I liked mm. the small town feel. I liked the fact that it's a small school, and I just don't want to see it get, like, swallowed up. Nova's coming. <sighs> it makes me sad. Strip malls. No, thank you. <laughs> No, thank you. There is like a big um, antique mall. If you're into antiquing, downtown Fredericksburg is the place to go. There we go. So there. Tell me what I'm, well, I mean, I know what I'm drinking because you've already told me, but let's tell the audience what we're drinking. Okay. This week's drink is called the Whiskey Cobbler. So this was a drink that was actually around during the Civil War. So it's not particularly local to Fredericksburg or anything, but people in Fredericksburg could have been drinking this. Very possibly. Back in the day. So, it's essentially bourbon mixed with sugar and any fruit that was available that season. So, it would have been different all around, you know, all throughout the year. Occasionally, bitters were added. I did not add bitters for this version. Uh, Jerry Thomas, a relatively famous bartender in the mid-19th century, popularized the drink in his Bartender's Guide in 1862. So, it's one of the... The Bartender's Guide is one of the earliest codified volumes of cocktail recipes in the U.S. How did this guy, like, manage not to fight in the Civil War? Like, how did he manage to stay a bartender? Because I think he was in New York City, where, like, I mean, I'm sure some people went, but it was still New York City. Okay. Too far away from the action to actually start worrying about that sort of thing, I guess. So, it's a pretty strong drink. Yes. (laughs) I have noticed. So, you're going to use three ounces of whiskey... Honestly, you can use whatever whiskey you've got on hand. We use bourbon because we've always got bourbon, but whatever you've got. We're bourbon people. We are bourbon people. So, one ounce of simple syrup. Again, equal parts sugar and water. The original recipe did just use plain old sugar, but they probably wouldn't have kept around simple syrup. That wasn't a thing until, you know, the mid-1910s, 20s in that area. So... Three different pieces of fruit. So we're looking for soft fruit that can be muddled. You know, pears, apples, not really going to work. Too too tough. So today we used lemon, orange, and pineapple. Uh, A recipe that Dale DeGroff published. That was the combo that he used. And as we've talked about in another episode, I love Dale DeGroff. He's the cocktail maestro. That episode won't be out yet. When this oh no! Comes out. Oh no! But um, spoilers, <laughs> great. But uh, that's a nice tease. Yeah. Um, See, so you you could be a producer. You can tease things. Okay, I'll try. And I've written here a splash of bitters, but I don't think it really needs it. No. So you can add it if you like. Try it with or without, and then let let us know. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're gonna do? You're gonna start by muddling the fruit in your cocktail shaker. So with the, with the citrus stuff, make sure you muddle the fruit and not the rind. So the rind, if you muddle the rind too much, you're going to get really 
bitter unpleasantness in your drink. Yeah. You don't want that. Yeah. It's those essential oils, I guess, that just, they smell great, but don't taste so good. But could be dangerous for dogs. Could they? Essential oils. Oh. So, like, be very careful if you have an essential. We, we, we ran a story on this. Oh. Um. Well, you jumped on that? <laughs> yeah, because I, I love dogs. And right. I have a dog. Well, I mean, he lives with my mom and dad, but I have a dog. I don't think we've talked about Perry. I thought you did. Would it, be, it was the episode that we had to cut out. Oh. It was the episode that we, it was uh, the first edition of Salem. Oh. Oh, that one. So I have a dog. I have a beagle. I have a little beagle basset by the uh. name. Um, little being relative. He's big. Um, he's a big bully. Um, but his name is Perry Como, and I love him very much. But if you have a dog and you have an essential oil diffuser, be very careful. <laughs> Especially if you have, like, tea tree oil. It can be fatal to dogs. I'm not laughing at dead dogs. I'm laughing that this is turned into a PSA for essential oils. <laughs> They're great, and I love them, and I have a diffuser too, but my dog doesn't live with me. So, buy an essential oil diffuser, kick the dog out. That's what, that's what we're saying. No. <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> that's what I took from this. <laughs> per- Perry has separation anxiety, so he had to stay with my mom and dad. That's not, that's not a lie. I know it's he, not like, a lie. He, like, ate blinds. I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> I, I know. You've met Perry. I have met Perry. But this is turning to a Perry podcast. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, that is my life. It's fine. <laughs> Jeez. Um, essential oils? Rinds? Yes. Muddling? Yes. The, the drink. <laughs> Once you've muddled the fruit, add lots of ice, then the liquid ingredients. Close up your shaker. Shake like hell for about 10, 15 seconds. Pour into a rocks glass full of ice. Strain first. Garnish with more fruit. And then toss the essential oil filled rind somewhere. <laughs> that your dog can't get to it. That, but your cat on the other hand. After the cat. I don't know about cats. We, should, we need a cat person on this show. Yeah, I'm not one of them. I might be. I, I mean, that's be. okay. Yeah. You can like cats. I think I, think I might be a cat person. It makes sense. You don't believe in ghosts. Do cats not believe in ghosts? I don't know. I think all pets can see ghosts. Even like cockatiels? Yeah. Ooh. And fish. And fish. Actually, I'm less certain about fish. A fish wouldn't tell you. Pet rocks? Listen, I don't claim to know what goes on inside of a rock's brain. We'll have to add pseudo-geologist <laughs> to your job titles. Yes, please do. <laughs> okay. I think I can get jobs with that. There People you go. won't know what it is. No, it's fine. And they'll be like, yeah. I mean, she's kind of a geologist. Yeah, sure. Yeah. She's pseudo, so I mean, maybe. Anyway. Is that is that it for drinks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. This got weird. <laughs> well, we did say we needed more nonsense we at the did. beginning. We so did. There you go. That's it. That's All right. the nonsense. That's the nonsense. Um, and now to the very real and very, um, like, the important part of this podcast. The ghosts. Oh, this isn't nonsensical at all. No, not no. even a little bit. No. So my first ghost, I picked three different locations. Okay. In Fredericksburg. And then I have a couple like little stories from when I lived there. Okay. That are like not ghost stories, but have a supernatural tinge. Okay. Tinge. A tinge. Go on. Um, But my first place is the Chatham Manor. 
Um, it was built between 1768 and 1771 by William Fitzhugh. It sits along the Rappahannock. It's a Georgian style home and it's on a 1,280-acre estate, so it's big. That seems sufficient. Yeah. Um, It eventually became like a thriving plantation. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. We're going to... Fitzhugh named the house actually in honor of his friend, William Pitt, who was the Earl of Chatham. So, Mm. as you might have guessed, Fitzhugh owned some slaves. Yeah, yeah, what a figured. He owned upwards of 100 slaves, and that included skilled tradesmen as well. So, like, farmhands, but also millers, blacksmiths, and carpenters. Okay. But in 1805, there was a slave rebellion at the manor. Mm. Um, Historians say that the slaves overpowered the overseer, tied him and several others up, and began whipping them, which to me just seems like payback. Yeah. Eventually, an armed posse came in to break up the rebellion. One of the slaves was executed. Two others died during the rebellion. And the rest of those who were involved in the rebellion were shipped off to another colony in the in the Caribbean. Better weather. Better weather. Worse conditions, probably. Probably. But Fitzhugh wasn't actually home when the rebellion took place because in the nineteen seven in the seventeen nineties, not the nineteen seventies. That would be incredible. <laughs> uh, How to get away with winging, it, baby? Um, in the seventeen nineties, he moved to another home in Alexandria, mm-hmm. Virginia. That is. Are there other Alexandria? I mean, there's like Egypt. historical Alexandrias, yeah. but like. I mean, that, yeah, the Egypt one's still around. Yeah. Probably there are people named Alexandria. Maybe he sure. moved to one of them. Maybe. Um, he moved to the one in Virginia. Okay. And the expense of running two households eventually took its toll, and Fitzhugh put the Chatham Manor up for sale in 1796. So at this point, it was still like up for sale, but no one had bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, the year after the rebellion, in 1806, the house was bought by Major Churchill Jones, a former officer in the Continental... I can't talk. A former officer. I know, it really is. A former officer in the Continental Army. Like Fredericksburg itself, the Mm -hmm. home played host to a lot of famous guests, including George Washington, who actually just grew up like a few hundred yards away. Yeah. Robert E. Lee, Abraham Lincoln. Fitzhugh was actually second cousin to Thomas Jefferson, so he visited the home, as well as William Henry Harrison. Was this before or after presidency? For William Henry Harrison? Oh, right. I'm not sure. Okay. Wait, uh, it could have only been before. Well, he was president for like a month. So maybe if he just took a hell of a whirlwind tour. Well, but he like got sick. So I'm it. assuming it's before. We're going to assume it's before. Um, it's like the idea that that's what really, that's that's where the turn happened. Like he, yeah. he would have made it. <laughs> they had to go visit. But they had to go know. to Fredericksburg. Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. During the Civil War, the house was actually occupied by Union soldiers. And that's when Lincoln came to visit because he was meeting with several generals. That were there. Gotcha. And as Vin mentioned, the Battle of Fredericksburg, uh, pretty pretty big defeat for the Union. Yeah. It wasn't great. In fact, during the battle, more than 130 Union soldiers actually died at Chatham Manor, and they're still buried on the property. Mm -hmm. After the Civil War, the house kind of like... Mm -hmm. 
bounced from owner to owner until the 1920s when Daniel and Helen DeVore mm. bought the house and they began restoring it. In 1975, they willed the house to the National Park Service and it's now a national park. Cool. So, pretty cool. There's only one real ghost, like, like there's only one haunting that's tied to this house. Okay. And I, it wouldn't be Restless Spirits if I didn't talk about a lady in a color. Oh, boy. So the spirit that remains at Chatham Manor is a lady in white. Why is it always like real basic colors? I don't know. I need a lady in plaid. There weren't really, like fabric was expensive True. back then. So there weren't as many But you're patterns. a ghost. You can have whatever sort of ethereal fabric you like. I mean, that... Now cost is an issue? I don't think it works that way. I think it is like whatever you died in. Oh. Or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how fashion works in the after world. They never talk about the man in the birthday suit. So I actually. Oh boy. I, I've that? never heard of a I've never heard of a naked ghost. I have not. But I have heard several theories that like ghosts or like all, we always hear like ghosts in old fashioned clothing, and it's mm-hmm. like. Well, yeah, because anything else wouldn't stand out. Right. Like, you wouldn't, like, be walking in a house and seeing a guy in, like, hmm. just everyday clothes and being like, oh, you wouldn't you wouldn't take notice of it. Right. But if you're walking through a house and you see a guy in, like, a top hat and a, and a waistcoat right. and, like, a waistcoat and, like, pantaloons or, like, whatever, right. you would be like, oh, wow, that's weird. Why is that guy dressed that way? And then, like, if he disappears in front of your eyes, you're like, whoa, whoa, right. he's a ghost. So I don't know about naked ghosts. Well, see, now I'm just imagining you die and then you, you, you're given the option. You can wear jeans and a hoodie or the top cat, top hat and the waistcoat. <laughs> I think I would wear the top hat and waistcoat. I that's, would, too. Why not? Well, you're wearing one on our logo, so... Yeah. <laughs> And the top hat, if 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 you guys haven't noticed, on like our logo is gorgeous. I was actually looking at it today because I was setting up our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Which plug you can follow us on Facebook now. Yes, um, please do. But I was looking at the logo and I was like, the the artist who did our logo put a lot of time and and effort into creating like very detailed things. Sure. So if you actually look at our like. Our Instagram logo or whatever that has the border. Bits of our clothing are actually like coming off the border. Oh, yeah. And so your top hat like sits off to the side. On the, <laughs> it's gorgeous. Anyway, who's this lady in white? Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you. She's said to be the spirit of a young English girl who was brought to Chatham Manor after she had fallen in love with a man who was like well below her station. Okay. Her social station. But the young man followed her to America, and the two made plans to elope in secret. So one night, she's, like, climbing out of her window to go meet this guy. Right. But instead, she finds herself standing in front of George Washington himself. Oh, come on. Yeah. The general was a guest at the home at the time. Because, like I said, he grew up, like, right next door. Right. And he had been tipped off about the girl's plans by, like, a slave. Snitch. Yeah. And so he had the young man arrested and brought the girl back into the custody of her father. Mm. And she was sent back to England where she married someone who was, like, in her same social strata. 
But she said, but she like never forgot the events at Chatham Manor. She never forgot the man that she loved. And when she died in June 21st of 1790, she made a vow that she would return to the house to her favorite path every seven years. So every seven years on June 21st, people have seen, have reported seeing a woman in white walking along the path that's now known as Ghost Walk. Ghost Walk. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Come on now. Is it actually known as Ghost Walk? Yes, that's that is what it's okay. known as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need to do better. <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need a better name than that. I didn't name it. <clears throat> Lovesick Lane or something. Come on. I do like I like Lovesick Lane better, but yeah. it's Ghost Walk. Boo. I'm also just disappointed in George Washington. Come on, man. I know, right? Like, what a narc. Right. But I mean, of course he would be. I mean, yeah, but also like fight for he freedom. He could not tell a lie. Little, he didn't have to say anything. Keep your mouth shut. Who asked you? Chopped down the cherry tree. Yeah? Again, who asked him? I guess he just knew that, like, she'd be ruined. Uh, she didn't seem to mind. Yeah, she didn't care. She loved oh, yeah, her. Yeah. I think he was a dry salter. That's what I kept seeing, but I don't know what a dry salter is. Someone who cures things, I'd imagine. Yeah, he cures sure. cures bacons and hams so, and meats. So she'd live a very happy life surrounded by bacon. See? Come on, GW. Yeah. Her life would never be bland. There'd always be salt around. I love that you just went with the bland route. Like, that made me so happy. <laughs> if you could see my face right now, yeah. I love a pun. <laughs> I love a pun. All right. That's, that made me happy. I'm glad. My second location is St. George, St. George's Episcopal Church. So the church itself was established in 1730. But the structure that actually stands there now, which is the third on the site, okay. was built in nineteen in eighteen forty nine, and it's located in what is now downtown Fredericksburg. So when I was talking before about loving downtown Fredericksburg, this is down there. This is down there. And the building that stands there now actually has three Tiffany windows, which I just think is really cool because sure. I love Tiffany mm-hmm. like lamps and windows, and they're all just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Is actually the church that George Washington and his mother, Mary, attended when he was growing up. I'm rolling my eyes now because it's all just George Washington stuff. But we're going to do a Charlottesville episode and it's going to be... All Thomas Jefferson. It's going to be all Thomas Jefferson. And, and I'm going to roll my exactly. eyes. Exactly. And sing Hamilton songs. You're going to have to. But I have another lady in white for you. Oh, goodness. Come on. <laughs> you sure it's not the same one that just walks over? Maybe she walks break? over. Yeah. Maybe she does. I don't know. No one knows who she is. Mm-hmm. The first recorded appearance of this spirit was in 1858. Mm-hmm. A woman by the name of Ella McCarty was a, sang in the church's choir, and apparently she had arrived early to practice. Um, and the church was very dark, so the church organist, who had also just arrived, was like, you wait here. I'm going to go find some lamps. Okay. And she was like... Okay, but I actually see a lamp up in the choir loft. So she like made her way up to the choir loft. And when she got up there, she just like happened to glance down at the church vestibule. And that's when she saw a woman all in white kneeling at the altar. She was like, well, that's kind of weird. I didn't see anyone coming after me or whatever. But it's a church and people come in, so I'm not going to worry about it. Right. The woman was all in white and she had a veil over her face. Ella reported that the woman stood up and looked directly at her and that her face looked sad and troubled and, like, very pale. And Ella tried to call to out... To be a woman in the mid-19th century, though. That's not uncommon. No, unfortunately. This next part, 
a little uncommon. Okay. So Ella tried to call out to her, mm-hmm. but just as she like got ready to say something, the woman just disappeared in front of her eyes. That um, is uncommon. Yeah. She's been seen several times since around the church, and several people have even said that they've captured her in photographs. I'd like to imagine sort of sort of ghost conference where women in all sorts of <laughs> colors meet. Yeah. And like give courses and talks. I would yeah. love that. I would attend. I mean, it's only three colors so far, white, black, and red. I, I need yeah. To, yeah. I've only mentioned red. We haven't, we haven't actually had a woman in red. Oh, we haven't? Mm-hmm. Okay. I've like, just mentioned I'd it. love to see like just a woman in, you know, turquoise just saunter. She's like, guys, through. I'm the woman in blue. Right. And they're like, listen. Right. Listen. Woman in blue, not as spooky as red, white, and black. No. I suppose not. It was really funny. I was watching the new... Do you know who Eliza Schlesinger is? I have heard of her. Yes. And I She's don't, a stand comedian. Yes. And I may have just butchered her last name, to which I... I I've never actually said it out loud, so I can't... But I, can't. I couldn't just be like, hey, have you heard about Eliza? And you just look at me like, there are a lot of Elizas out there, Taylor. Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> thank you for clarifying. Yeah. But she has a new special out called Unveiled. Okay. And she, like, recently got married, and she was like, one of her bits is that if you actually think about it, brides are terrifying. That, like, in outside the context of a wedding, to have, like, a woman in a white dress and a veil, like, Mm. slowly walk towards you and be like, I do. Right. Until death do us part is, like, very spooky. Sure. So maybe Mm. that's where it comes from. Who knows? Maybe. There was also I, one of the articles I read, and I didn't see any other mention of this anywhere else, was that there is a red room inside the church that appears and disappears, but doesn't actually exist in any of the church's blueprints. It's where the lady in red hides out. Maybe. She's like, I got a whole room, motherfucker. <laughs> Take that, lady in white. Right. Do you have a white room? <laughs> she makes that sound. Yeah. She does. She's very sassy, the yeah. woman in red. She'd have to be. I would imagine so. Um, so I don't know anything about this room. I don't know who found it. I don't know any of that. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to go to my favorite, where I get to tell mm-hmm. some personal stories. Mm-hmm. Virginia Hall at the University of Mary Washington. So it was built in 1915, and the dorm on campus actually used to be home to the president's office on the first floor. Oh, and wow. the second floor was also used to, was also served as the campus infirmary. Back in the normal industrial days. Back in the normal industrial days, <laughs> I suppose. Mm-hmm. It's kind of located in the middle of campus. So I was going to give sort of an idea of how Mary Washington, because if you haven't been, it might not, I'll make some reference of some things that right. might not make sense. So the way it's set up is. There's, it's just one big campus. It's not like an urban campus or anything like that. Right. There's one main thoroughfare through campus called Campus Walk. And things are sort of lined up around Campus Walk. And then in the center of campus, you have Ball Hall. And on one side of Ball Hall, I mean, Ball, Ball Circle, excuse me. Ball Circle sits in the middle, and then there's Ball Hall here, okay. and B- Virginia Hall there. Right. And those are kind of the two main dorms of campus. And there's Ball Wall all around. And Ball Wall closes you in. This is no. some Dr. So Seuss Ball, nonsense. Ball was Mary Washington's maiden name. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so 
Virginia Hall sits like right smack dab in the middle of campus. Um, like I said, it faces Ball Hall um, in the front. The backside faces Monroe Hall, um, which was like the original academic building on campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was recently updated and restored. Um, and the Historic Preservation Department at the university actually helped with the restoration. And they made sure that all of the like murals that exist in the building, because it, it's covered in murals, um, actually stayed. Nice. So they updated a lot of the building, but kept the mm-hmm. murals alive, cool. which is really cool. Um, and that was all when I was going there. Mm-hmm. Um, it also is by the fountain, which is kind of like the meetup spot at campus. Like okay. no one, it, it has its own name. I can't remember what it's actually called, but sure. you're just like, I'll meet you at the fountain. Hey guys, let's like all meet up at the fountain. People will like put suds and stuff in the fountain like every couple of months. And like, sure. you're like, oh, the fountain's overflowing right. again with bubbles. Right. And Hilarity like, ensues. a lot yeah. of people will like go and dance in the fountain and like, it's the Someone it's, dies at blue or something. Oh, that's happened. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I love the fountain. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually lived in Virginia Hall. Okay. My second so my second semester of my mm-hmm. freshman year. Mm-hmm. My first semester, I did not like my roommate. Okay. And I was kind of a, like, goody two-shoes. Let's not name and shame. Let's... No, 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 no. I was going to say, I was kind mm-hmm. of a goody two-shoes. And there was just a little bit too much, like, rowdiness and partying going on in my suite. Okay. Um, in Alvey Hall, which is where I initially lived. And so, and all my friends were in Virginia Hall. So okay. I just wanted to move. Sure. Hall, where all my friends were. Okay. Yeah. And, oh, oh, my one of those friends is actually Brittany, who I've talked about on the podcast okay. before. And I ended up living with her for most of my college, like, stint. Shout out um, to Brittany. But I met her at Virginia Hall. So I have a lot of love for Virginia Hall, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it's not spooky as hell. Okay, what you got? So there's a rumor that Virginia Hall is haunted. It said that years ago, mm-hmm. one of the residents hung herself on the stairs leading to the basement mm. um, and since then has haunted the building. I should say also, I meant to mention it earlier. When I lived at Virginia Hall, it was all girls. I think since then... It's become same. It's become um, mixed sex. Yeah. Mm. But when I went there, it was all girls. Gotcha. Which is important because I'm going to tell another bit. So she said to like people have like experienced things with her. They've heard doors slam and things like that. Mm. But there have also been reports of seeing a young man walking up and down the hallways at night. Which, like I said, for an all-girls dorm. Not typical. Not typical. And, and like, certainly there were cases of people, like, sneaking men in after curfew. Oh, sure. But it was in the case for two roommates who reported that they had seen the man several times near their room um, on the second floor. I should say also the woman who hung herself is typically heard of on the first floor. Okay. Because that she hung herself on the staircase from the first floor leading down to the basement. Okay. Anyway, so this was on the second floor. And it was like freshman year because it's a freshman dorm. And neither of the girls wanted to be like the weird roommate. Okay. So they were like, they didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And then one night, one of the girls was woken up by a strange noise. When she looked over, she saw the figure of a man standing over her roommate with his hands around her neck. All right. And so she started to scream, which woke her roommate up. And her roommate woke up and saw this man standing over her with his hands on her neck. And she couldn't feel anything. And she just started to scream. 
And later she said that she, like, hadn't felt anything. She hadn't, like, you know, noticed anything, but that she did have large red welts on her neck that in the shape of handprints. And he, he just vanished, or? He just vanished. After they started screaming, he just vanished in thin air. Ever seen again? Never seen again by them. Right. Um, I don't know if anyone else has seen them. I never experienced anything when I was living in um, Virginia Hall, but I had a friend who did. Go on. So here's what she told me what happened. She said that she and her former roommate lived, uh, or former only because we're no longer in college. Mm. <laughs> Not former in the sense that she died. Right. Um, but they lived my on ex the- Ex-roommate. My ex-roommate. They lived on the f- first floor mm-hmm. um, near the stairs to the basement. Mm. Um, and they would find their belongings like moved or just like out of place. Right. And they would blame each other. They'd be like, oh, what's her face? Must have moved it. Right. But one night they were sitting at their desks, like both working on homework. The way that was described to me is that they had several plastic baskets like set on top of each other that held different things um kind of like just for storage right and the top basket had like snacks and other food and what they said was all of the food came flying out of the basket and landed on the floor as though the basket had been pushed over but the basket had not been touched okay and they were like that's super weird sure because suddenly all this food is just like all over the floor so they picked it up. Raccoons. I mean, if they looked in the basket after and didn't see a raccoon, it probably wasn't a <laughs> raccoon. I just really wanted to say raccoons. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. We all want to talk about raccoons sometimes. <coughs> um, they said they were Excuse like me? scared, but mm. didn't really like do mm. anything because like right. what can you do at that point? So... And I don't, my memory is a little foggy here. I can't remember which one, like, woke up. But one of them, I think it was the roommate, woke up and actually found, like, large bruises on her arms as though someone had picked her up and shaken her. Goodness. After that, they bought a crucifix. Oh, God. (laughs) And, like, cleansed the room with holy water (laughs) um, because they couldn't burn sage. And, Yeah. So that's it for Virginia Hall. I feel like you should call campus security and ask if they could have like a crucifix on hand. <clears throat> maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Could we like sign one out? Yeah. Can we? Um, we live in Virginia Hall. Oh, yeah. No, we've got the yeah. we've got the um, <clears throat> the crucifix that yeah. you can borrow. We'll bring it. Pack. We'll bring it over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the exorcism starter pack. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah. Holy water. Yeah. Salt. Incense. Yeah. Yeah. Sage. Yeah. Yeah. The essentials. So I said I had two other yes. like semi ghost stories. Mm. The first one, they're both me being dumb. <laughs> okay. So how okay. Okay. Ex- explain. <laughs> so every year, Mary Washington students participate in the ghost walk, which is like not the same ghost walk from Chatham Manor. They're gonna need different names. This is but why I, they need names. Maybe. But it's like a historic like ghost tour kind of thing. They stop off in historical but it, and it's led by, I think, largely by students who, like, dress up as, right. like, people from the past. Sure. With, like, makeup on and things. I was a freshman. I didn't know this was a thing. And a campus walk stretches through, like, all of campus. And there's, like, one part of campus walk that is over a bridge that's, like, 
it's a bridge over like a little bit of water. Right. And it was a really foggy night. Okay. And so I was walking from my friend's house back from my friend's dorm, which was Virginia Hall, because this mm. was before I moved into Virginia. I was walking from Virginia back to my dorm in lots and lots of fog. And I just see this, like, and it's dark. Like, right. it's night, and there's all this fog. And I see this woman, like, come towards me in an old-fashioned dress, and she's, like, very <laughs> pale. And I, not too far from, like, Sunken Road, mm. which is where parts of Battle of the Battle of Fredericksburg took place. Mm. And I just see this, like, woman in, like, this big dress right. coming towards me. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm seeing a ghost. Yeah. I'm seeing a full-bodied apparition. <laughs> Holy moly. Right. What do I do? Do I pull out a camera? Like, what happens? Right. And then she was like, hi, how are you? And I was like, oh, you're just a normal human. <laughs> you're oh, just a boy. human in a dress. Yep. Just a, just a person. So my other, mm-hmm. like, semi-ghost story, because Fredericksburg just has, like, an eerie quality about sure. it. So I was at the train station waiting for a train to D.C., and I was the only person on the platform. Okay. There was no one else there. There is a restaurant, like, directly across. Like, it's it's almost part of the train station. Okay. But it isn't. And for most of my time at Mary Washington, it was a steakhouse. But, like, mm. in the last, like, year or two, it turned into a German restaurant. And I did not know it had turned into a German restaurant. And I just hear, like, this faint polka music (laughs) oh no and i'm like all alone on the terminal forgetting that there's a restaurant there definitely not knowing that it's a german restaurant right and i just like hear this like faint like polka music right and i was like is there some kind of weird ghostly (laughs) polka party going on and then i then i saw that oh it was a german restaurant but very spooky, very eerie to hear like very faint music just like travel its way onto an empty train platform. Sure. No one there. So those are the two times I thought I was haunted right. in Fredericksburg. Gentle strains of accordion. Yeah. I was like, what is this? <laughs> it's the sound of joy. I mean, is. I love German food. Sure. I love German food. Who doesn't? I guess mm. the French. I'm sure they still love German food. Do you think? Listen, I the only people I can think of might be vegetarians. That's fair. Um, but mm-hmm. for the most part, mm-hmm. that German potato salad, it's that cabbage. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Those really good sausages, sauerkraut. You're bringing dinner next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring German food. There we go. All right. That's what I have on Fredericksburg. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for letting me talk about, like, my college memories. There you go. Do you have anything you want to add? I mean, I'm really downgrading my opinion of George Washington. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. Yeah. Couldn't have just left well enough alone. (sighs) Such a narc. Right? Shameful. Come on. Shame on you, George Washington. Just let her love her dry salter. Snitch. You know what they say about snitches. I do. All right. (laughs) We don't have to finish that phrase. No. You know what it is. Yeah. Anyway, that is this week's episode. Intro and outro music is New Wave by Billy Neptune.
You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Podcast Restless. And now on Facebook, too. And now on Facebook, too, at Restless Spirits Podcast. I think we're still at Podcast Restless, but you can just search Restless Spirits. Okay, that works. Mm -hmm. Give us a shout if you have ideas for the show or any drink requests or recommendations. You can always also email us at RestlessSpiritsPodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week um, and keep an eye out on our social media for any hints and clues about what locale we're investigating next and what drinks we'll be drinking. Um, again, we, we always give you the email address, but please, 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 if you have your own stories, even if it's that you saw a real woman walking down a foggy, foggy walkway and you thought she was a ghost, we want to hear about it. Yes, we do. Um, so please, please, please email us at restlessspiritspodcast at gmail.com. You can also go to Anchor, our Anchor website, and yes. record voice messages. And then we can actually incorporate your voice onto the show, um, which is a super cool piece of technology that we're super excited about. So please, please, please email us or send us a voicemail. Either way, we want to hear from you. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and review. iTunes uh, reviews help us so much. They keep us in the lists. They get us more views. And they give us a chance to know how we can improve. Um, So please, please, please subscribe, review. And as always, keep Keep it it spooky. spooky.